welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's Wednesday, April 26th, and I'm always talking about work-life balance and how sometimes we have to ebb and flow and there'll be changes. And I promised you last week that I was going to have Alan Witch from Book 6 on tonight, but life got busy for him and he was unable to do it. So as lucky as I am to be in this phenomenal global community the, the chance to ask someone else to speak and shine their greatness is probably my greatest pleasure. So let me introduce you to the co-author I'm going to be interviewing this afternoon. And we're a little bit earlier than we normally are. We normally come to you Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But again, sometimes it's about ebbing and flowing and just moving things around in your schedule. It doesn't mean you're falling out of balance. It just means you're making it in alignment for today. So we are going to be chatting with the outgoing and beautiful Jennifer, and she likes to be called Jenny, Bielschmith. And let me just tell you a little bit about Jenny. She's a certified life coach. She's a speaker and an author, and she has worked with clients from all over the globe. She founded the Prosperous Path, where she coaches clients on a one-to-one basis. She speaks on stages, and she loves to lead dynamic workshops and seminars. Jenny demonstrates success in motivating others to achieve results through coaching, speaking, and her leadership and development skills. I know this lady has a true passion for helping others from the many conversations I've had with her. And I know that her ongoing goal and and her true branding is to empower women to stop making excuses, to really go for what they want and live a life of authenticity in both their personal and professional lives. Her website is theprosperouspath.com. And I'm so excited to spend the next hour with Jenny. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks, Deb. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's, it's we're like two old girlfriends, you know, when we get on the phone and we start talking because we've we've talked about collaborating and I know when the time's right, it'll present itself. But I want to just I want to get right into our interview and my my first question is like all the other co-authors, because we're now on book 13, or pardon me, we are now on book 14, I'm excited to say, and we are now in over 26 countries. What inspired you to join our community, and, and what was that feeling of authenticity for you that you knew this was a right decision for you and your business? Yes, absolutely. Um, what I found is when Jim and Jim approached me about doing this, I felt that it was just the right thing for me because I love collaborating with like-minded people. And so all the awesome other authors with their own messaging really inspired me to learn and grow from them. And just having the global community of support is so amazing that you could reach out to any of the authors and 
chat with them, collaborate with them, learn from them, and that's really the power of the book series. And for it's me, yeah, for, oh, go ahead. It's interesting because it's not just a chapter in a book, is it? Mm-mm. No, it's definitely when I decided to do this, I sat down and got really clear on what is my authentic message? What do I want to tell the world about me and my life and my journey? And I thought it was going to be difficult, but I sat and wrote and poured out of me what I knew to be true and what my journey has been and what I've learned and what I really felt called to share with the world. And it was definitely a labor of love and something that I hold very close to my heart. Well, and I know in the conversations that we've had that I think we both have similar premise. And and my passion and love uh, came when I decided to do this show and, and be able to showcase everyone every week. And then, again, another element of, of public relations and marketing for everyone's business and just the collaboration. And mm-hmm. I just don't think you can put a specific word on that or even an emotion. I'm still taken back by Jim and Jim's vision and what they've created for us. And it leads me into my, my next question because I know that you are a certified life coach and I know Mm -hmm. your love, your level of passion. So Tell us some of the strategies that you use to help women and, and why it's kind of a two-part question. Strategies you use to help women and why do you think we make excuses? Definitely. Um, I think, let me start with the making excuses part. So I believe that we make excuses for ourselves and for our lives because we, first of all, don't feel worthy. We don't feel worthy of being who we really are. And the second part of that is we don't really know who we really are because we've become so disconnected and going through the motions and just living day to day and putting band-aids on everything that we don't really take the time for present moment awareness to get grounded in what do I really want, what really makes me happy. And so these, a lot of the women that I work with, you know, have all of, have what they want. They have the degrees behind their name. They have everything they could imagine or a lot of things that they've worked for in their life, but they're still finding that there's, you know, things that are missing for themselves because they've lost connection to themselves, to their faith, distrust in their own decision-making, distrust in others, and living really in default with a lot of um, beliefs that they hold to be untrue, but they hold them very closely as truth. And so when I start working with people, we get really, really clear on who you really are, what do you really want, and what, you know, what does that look like for your life, giving them really permission to, to create this authentic life. And a lot of the, the things that we do um, is just getting them clarity. Once people have clarity, then they can choose to do things differently. They have a new awareness about themselves, and it, it gives them choices, but we, most of the time we don't take time to get that clarity. Now, I love a phrase that you said there at the beginning of answering about excuses. And I think excuses is an easy way out to fall into that victim mentality. But explain Mm -hmm. a little bit more about present moment awareness, because I I just love those three words together. Mm -hmm. Me too. I I really do, because I think it, it... embodies so much of what is missing for people in their life 
they don't know how to get still. You know, they're so thinking about the future or the past that they're missing what's going on right now. And if you can have that present moment awareness, then you know that where you're at is the perfect moment. What's going on is exactly what's meant to be. And you hold life so differently. I like to invite my clients to think about, when they're thinking about their present moment awareness, holding a, um, I guess, a stress ball in both hands and noticing when, when you're holding a stress ball, are you holding it really tightly or are you holding it loosely? And so present moment awareness to me is like holding the stress ball loosely, just allowing things to happen where most of us are so used to, you know, forcing our life and just um, continuing just to, to have it out of habit to move forward so quickly. But if you can have that awareness, you can allow life to flow with ease and grace and enjoy it so much greater when, you, when you're just really being present. And I think it's easy for people to make excuses, but if you can redirect them and have them come into that present moment awareness, and I guess acknowledge mm-hmm. the emotion, and, I'm, and, I, and I know as a fellow coach, we see a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about why you hold the vision board workshops and some of the, I'm going to call them aha moments, Jen, just for lack of a better phrase, but share sure. with us the transition that you see from those empty Bristol boards to what really transpires over the evening. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I love the vision board workshops. You're right. I host them, you know, really frequently for people and for organizations. And the power of them is that people need clarity for their life, but they don't create the time and space to do it. So by coming to a workshop like this, they're take they're getting time, space, permission to do to decide what they really want. The beauty of it is that once they get the clarity, and we do a lot of clarity seeking exercises at the beginning because that's really what makes their vision come alive. It's not just about posting, you know, picture picking out pictures and making a collage. That's fine, but if you really want to create a collage that manifests your vision, you have to it has to be connected to who you are and what you want. So clarity, getting clarity is a big piece of it, and then we go into selecting images that represent what we want to be, do, and have in the future, and then we make those images. And, and the, the whole process is, you know, scientifically proven is that when you start to really get your brain engaged and set those intentions, then your brain starts to seek out those opportunities for yourself. And people think it's just all fun, and it is fun because you get to act like a little kid when you're cutting out images and picking out things that you really want, but there is science and the manifesting behind it is really phenomenal when people get involved and start really getting creative and start pulling into their heart space. That's where the magic really happens. Well, and I, I think that I am a well-developed manifester and Mm -hmm. you can, you can do that in quietness and you can do that, whether it be in your thoughts or, in your own journaling or in your own prayers. So how, how do you explain to the women that you coach when they have these breakthrough moments and all the work and strategies that you've helped lead up to that? How do you take them back so they're really looking back at the sequence of events that led them to the, to the greatness of the breakthrough? 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. We can manifest in a lot of different ways, but through the vision board workshop, really the picture is worth a thousand words, you know, that old quote that says that. And helping people to see that when they have breakthrough, that they were part of the process. And it's like one step along the way, and most people don't really realize that. They want something, it doesn't happen, and so we kind of look back and say, okay, so you chose this, you wanted this for your life, and then then as you searched, different opportunities were brought to you. You put the intention out there and things came to you. And see, this led to this, and then this led to this, and this led to this. So it helps them to really see that it's, time, it's not just one big step. It's lots of little steps that lead them on the destination. And it's a journey. And if people can start to grasp that concept a little more, then they are not holding them, their life so tightly, right? They're just being more aware and more open to what's possible and what happens and how it shows up so differently than what we really imagined. But it's teaching them to be open to it through all these different little steps that got them to, from where they wanted to where they wanted to go. And I think that's a key element that you said is sometimes I think as human beings, we forget that we're human beings and we think we're human doings and we're to be Mm -hmm. on all the time and seek perfection when it's not about that. It's about enjoying the small steps, the small gains, creating the the small goals and really embracing that journey. Mm -hmm. Now, you, I think, go ahead, Jen. Go ahead. I was going to say, when we are so focused on the big picture, we miss all the little gems along the way. And that's really what brings us the joy in our lives. I totally all those little ag- bitty things. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Now, I know you wrote in book 10, and I just want to share uh, a paragraph out of your chapter uh, that really spoke to me. And I think a lot of people will really uh, be able to resonate with your words. So I'm just going to share a paragraph. So Jenny okay. is in book 10 and her chapter is entitled the power within. And I'm just going to read one of the paragraphs off page 78. One of the most challenging questions that I had to answer was who is the authentic me? Deep inside, I knew that the path to fulfillment and peace was through expressing this person. However, I felt uncomfortable to open up. I wondered if I could do this, and if so, how. I heard a small whisper and felt a little nudge from God pushing me to grow. These persistent inner nudges coerced me into pursuing an inner journey to explore my true self. So my question is, that's a very powerful and really self-expressed paragraph of your emotional time when you were writing this chapter. So take Mm -hmm. us back to where you were in your life and how did you get to be the authentic Jenny that you are now? Okay, yes. Well, I feel that for me, I have always been successful at what I've done in all the different jobs that I've had, but I've always felt that there was something missing, and it seemed like I kept looking for more degrees, letters behind my name, courses, certification, coaching, different things like that to fill that void, and 
that was just taking me in a way further from what I really needed to discover. And what I really needed to discover was that all the answers were within me. If I believed in myself, I could do it. So I had to start listening to those little inner nudges that said, you can, you can do this. Believe in yourself. You are amazing. You have all the skills you need. And, as, and it, was, it was scary because I think as society, we're so taught to, we want a problem, we want to find the solution, we want to fix it. But we can't fix those things. We, it's an inner thing that we have to learn to sit with. We have to learn to explore what's holding us back. And we have to learn to really decide what we want. And I feel that was the biggest thing for me was when I decided who I really, really wanted to be, who was always inside of me, that girl, but I was hiding her. And so I, I, I figured it was time for me to step out and shine the person that I knew was always inside of me, but I was afraid to show. And what elements were drawing you to fear and keeping you there from stepping out into your authenticity? Oh, I believe it's other people's judgments you know, their judgments of who is she to, to do these things or who is she to say those things. It's fear of success, being successful, but fear of also failing. And it's fear of people really seeing who I really am because it's vulnerable to be, to show up as the real you and say it's okay. And, you know, we're not taught that that's okay. We're taught to show up and be happy and look perfect and have this everything looking good on the outside and so I had to throw those notions away so that I can be okay with this is who I am and it's okay and it's okay if people judge me it's okay if people say things but I know you know who I am and what I stand for I think being real and raw and open not everybody can handle that and I know from my own entrepreneurial journey, because I was an entrepreneur at 24. So when all of my mm-hmm. friends were out partying and doing what 24-year-olds do, I was writing a business plan and figuring out the next five years of my life. And I, sure. found, I found that as I hit my 30s and then my 40s and even my 50s, the more successful I was, the less friends that I had. And that was a really hard element to absorb and process personally because how can you not take something personal? So have you mm-hmm. run have you run into that yourself and or assisted any of your coaching clients with preparing them that you know, having success does come with its own challenges, even when you get out of that arena of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely relate to what you said, because many times in my life, I always felt like I was walking on the other side of the street, and people were going one way, and I was kind of going the other way. And it's uncomfortable, but knowing that I was following my heart, because I, wouldn't, I didn't want to do it that way. And other people, yeah, they they kind of fall away and that's their business or they judge you because you're doing things that they couldn't do. I have a lot of people say to me, I can never do what you do or, oh, I can never be that brave. And it's not really, it's okay. You know, I feel all the time I say I'm scared, but I do it anyway because 
my heart is calling me to do this work, to serve these women, to help them, to support them. That's my mission in, in this life is to be that empowered, to be that light for these people who need to find a better way. And I, I don't really know if there's one solution because I don't think that there's a set solution. I think it's over time you learn to manage it better and you learn to not take it so personally and you learn to find your own way is what I've noticed. And that's kind of how I help my clients is just to let them know that they are okay just as they are and give them permission just to be them. But, but knowing that you can acknowledge and um, notice that what other people are doing, but you don't have to take ownership of it. I know my, my dad used to say to me, what other people think of you, Deb, is none of your business. Mm-hmm. And I remember very, being, yeah. you know, early 20s before he passed away, and I thought, what a silly thing to say. And when you ruminate on something like that that someone says to you, I think as you grow and mature, it takes on different meanings. Mm-hmm for each person. Yeah. So I just, I always found it cause I, I think you can really build a powerful discussion around something like that. And why do you think we as women worry so much about what other women think of us or how they look at us? Where do you think it stems from? For me, just noticing um, in my own life and life of others around me, I think it stems from, society as a little girl or as a little child you know you try to do something differently and and you're taught oh no you can't think outside the box you got to do it this way and a lot of our um, school systems you know they have they have rules to keep us safe but also these rules contain us and so we learn how to behave but it takes away a lot of our individuality in the way that we relate to others and we you know I believe we take on I kind of see myself as a little girl and as people say things about me, I kind of write it on a post-it note and stick it on me. And then I could see this little person covered in all these post-it notes of these things that people said about us that we took to be truth. And we worried about what other people thought because then we started to own their thoughts and their perceptions. So over time, we kind of lose our individuality and we become so focused on everybody else as we try to please them and we lose ourselves. So it's a way of saying okay in the middle you don't want to be too different you don't want to be too awesome you just kind of want to stay in the middle that's what society is teaching teaching us to do and it's not really the right way no I agree with you and I you know when I'm doing my life coaching and you know I love talking about work-life balance and it's Mm -hmm. they're so similar um, parallels to what we do as coaches and and people get so caught up in what society presents to them because we've become this supersized, technology-driven, independent that mm-hmm. people are losing the art of themselves because I think they forget the beauty in just plain old communication, face-to-face communication. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I agree. I know that you incorporate a lot of faith into your coaching, and I just wanted to know if you would touch on that. And do you uh, do you have a certain kind of population of women that you like to work with, 
or do you have those who, again, can call can can fall victim to circumstance and maybe not see sometimes that faith can also play a role of putting something right in front of our face that may not be pleasant in order to learn the lesson and move on. So can you just mm-hmm. frame that a little bit and tell us how you work with that, Jen? Sure. Yes. I believe, I mean, for me, faith, my faith is so important. So the most of the women that I work with have a, some type of a spiritual Christian uh, connection to God, to source, whatever they call it. And for me, it's helping them to deepen that, to ground that, because to me, faith is like an anchor. When everything else is going wrong in my life, I know that I always have my faith there for me. But so many of us have lost, you know, we have pulled up our anchor because we want to do it our way, and we use our faith as our backup plan instead of our first plan. So when I work with women, we talk about how to re-engage their faith, and it's a lot of... um, where, where was the trust broken in your faith? You know, as things happen to us, we kind of think, oh, it wasn't meant to be, or oh, I'm not deserving of this, or oh, but instead of looking at these are lessons that are there to steer us on the right path. Um, so for, faith, for me, the faith is the anchor. So as I work with women, I help them to deepen their faith through we work on different strategies or where their blocks are or what's really holding them back from using, you know, having that as a big, part of their life because the three things that I really love working are are the, the faith and then mindset and personal growth or personal leadership which is all, they're all tied together because when you have a strong faith you can show up as who you really are and you have to make sure your mindset is in an alignment because if your mindset is not thinking good thoughts about yourself then it kind so it's kind of a triangle that everything flows together and so those are the three solid foundations of what I really help people work on is to, to make sure. And if one of them is missing, then obviously it's off balance. And a lot of times it's just they disconnected from their faith because they're so busy in other areas of their life. But really when they re-engage that anchor, everything kind of starts to fall in place and they see things through new lenses. Sometimes they don't see the beauty and the dysfunction or the negativity or the lesson being presented is is taking them to the rainbow that awaits around the corner. Mm-hmm. Right. The yeah. small beginnings equal big blessings. And so, but a lot of times we want big things at the beginning. And if it's not the way we want it, then we get discouraged. But oh, teaching them like all these small things are going to add up. And if you stay and you are faithful and you keep persevering, you're going to get to the end point and it's going to be better than what you ever imagined. But you have to have faith. You have to have faith, and I think you need to exercise the most important virtue that we're given, and that's patience. And I know that's mm-hmm. usually the first one to go and, and hard to exercise. Right. Um, now, I yes, know you is. like to do, I know you like teaching and doing workshops, so let us know what you've done this year and, and what you've got coming up for the remainder of 2017 or even some of the things that are on your wish list as a coach, because I think people forget as coaches that we're still working on ourselves personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. So share Absolutely. with us. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done lots of different vision board workshops so far this year and I'm working with different corporations to come in and do some of those for them because I feel that a lot of times the employees become so disengaged because they've lost their why. And so if we can reconnect their why, they're doing what they're doing and give them a powerful vision, then they're going to show up more powerful in the workplace and in their life. 
So I'm working on doing, you know, setting some of those up. I have a new group coaching um, course that I'm putting together. It's a four-week course on um, three steps to simplifying your life and getting out of overwhelm. And this is really about just helping people discover how their thoughts, feelings, and actions are keeping them stuck and teaching them new skills to manage the overwhelm so that they can feel more sense of peace, calm, confidence, have better relationships, and less stress. Because so many of us, you know, are in this overwhelm, and the overwhelm is really caused because we have too many pictures playing in our brain, and we need a way to sort them out. But they don't, people don't really know tools. So being a former teacher, and one of the biggest things that I love doing is giving people new tools. So when I do workshops or speaking, I always want to make sure that they're very interactive and people leave with new tools so that they can start implementing now and start to really have some steps to do and not feel, okay, that was great, but now I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to start. I got hope, and now I'm back where I started. So giving people tools is so important and, you know, as recognizing that as an educator, and I bring that into my coaching. So I have the, so the workshops, and I have the group group coaching and I do one-on-one work and then I'm getting into more of the speaking realm and as a national speaker and um, really trying to bring that more into corporations to help these people to understand how they're show help their workers to understand how they're showing up and how their mindset their attachments their focus their triggers and what they're reacting to really impact them it's not about so many um, strategies or about doing this differently or doing this differently, but we don't get a lot of support for the employee themselves or for the, or for people themselves. So it's really about helping them get their inner game in alignment so that the outer shows up differently. Because when people are showing up at work and things are going wrong and the outer world is out of alignment, it always goes back to the inner. So that's really what my passion is, is helping them to align their inner self so the outer experiences and success and prosperity matches. Well, and that sounds like a, an equation of success to me. Do you do you find in the state that you live in and the coaching that you've done locally or even with the work you're doing online with women around the globe, do you find they have difficulty with their employer? Well, a lot of them, I feel that there's a lot of work like, you know, you're, work, you're a work-life balance expert. So I think a lot of them are feeling not heard you know they're showing up and they're sitting in their cubicle and they they're wanting to do things differently but they don't know how they're not giving the tools to manage themselves differently it's all about a lot of times the bottom line or doing it this way or doing it that way but not about the person so when you can give the person tools then they can show up differently and giving them tools to teach them how to be a leader teach them how to be more accountable to themselves how to choose things better how to set better boundaries and it, it impacts everything they do well, and, and you're right. I mean, the, the businesses that I have certainly helped, I think sometimes it's hard to have them have a vision of being open to being benevolent because they need someone else to maybe come in and listen to the employee mm-hmm. who's not employing them and, mm-hmm. and, and let that employee feel heard. And then at the same time, with the employer to understand what their struggles and barriers are and I think they forget you know like I said earlier in the interview we are not meant to be on 24 hours a day seven days a week we are human beings Mm -hmm. and 
we need that shut off time when we go home. We need to be with our family. We need to have that escape from technology. And and I laugh, Jen, because I walk down the street frequently. And if someone mm-hmm. is walking towards me, looking at their phone, I will intentionally let them bang into me. <laughs> yes. And, and they'll bump into me and they'll look up and they'll be like, I'm so sorry. And you know what I always say? Was it really what? that, was it really that important? And they, and, awesome. and, and well, cause I just want them to stop in the moment because right. we all do it. We all, you know, sometimes I have to pull the car over and respond to something. And I understand that some things are time sensitive and they can't wait, but I cannot even tell you it's at least a dozen people this year and we're only four months, almost to the end of the fourth month of this year. And the look on the, on the person's face when I let them bump into me, they're so embarrassed, but it just goes to show how much attention is focused on this small device in their hands. That's linking them to whatever they're valuing as so important in that moment. Right. And I just, I find it so intriguing and it makes me laugh at the same time. And my kids, if they're with me, they're just completely embarrassed. Oh, they're like, sure, Mom, right? yeah. you know, but that's what us moms do. We embarrass our kids. Well, yeah. And I think for people, it's a way that they're using it to numb out, to not be present, to not have to deal with what's going really going on. So if we can, they're not wanting to quiet their brain. So it's the more noise, the more distraction, the more I don't have to pay attention. And then, that's what's causing a lot of the overwhelm and the disengagement and people are not happy and they're not getting, you know, so if people could learn to just kind of downshift a few notches, sink into their heart space a little bit more. We live so much of, you know, this is all cerebral stuff. We're all in our heads and it's all, you know, comparison and fear and doubt. But if we can like learn to let go of some of that and just be more present, we're going to find such a different way of living and I love that you're doing that to help. You're calling them to be present when you. Well, and sometimes they're, yeah. they're, walk, they're walking into their presence. <laughs> right? Yes. Exactly. Now I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you're a mom to two, to twin boys. Yes. How do you, how do you, how do you keep your work life balanced? How do you keep the authenticity for you as a person? Not a mom, not a wife, not a coach. What does Jen do for Jen? Oh, that's a good one. Um, okay, so work-life balance first. I try to, um, you know, work when my kids are in school because they're tw- they're nine years old, so they're in fourth grade. So when they're in school, I am doing what I need to do. When they come home at four o'clock, then I am done. You know, I mean. I do have some times where I have to check in different things, but most of the time in the evening and on the weekends, I try to have family time, kid time, fun time, because otherwise, I mean, the work that we do, we love, right? We could do it all the time. But my kids are the most important, and my family is my first priority, and so I have to just really set some really strict boundaries around myself so that I can be present when they're here and working when they're not. And, of course, there's exceptions to that. As far as what I love to do for myself is I like to read. I like to, you know, work out. I love to go walking in nature. 
to do gardening, things of that nature where I'm out and active is really important for me. And then also reading to just read because I'm a continuous learner. So I love to learn and I love to read and I love to learn new things. I feel that I am an influencer. And so the people that I work with and my friends, I'm always sharing, hey, have you heard about this? Or, oh, did you think about doing it this way? So as to increase my skill set, reading is really important for me. And that stuff keeps me grounded. It helps me to really keep that part of me there that I can keep connected to my heart space. Well, and... One of my mentors taught me something 25 years ago that I've never stopped doing. And I'm like you, I'm a lifelong learner and I love reading. I've always got my face in a book. I've never, you know, I have one of those Kindle reader apps. I also have a Sony reader that I can physically hold in my hand, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing that gives me more Zen feeling or just relaxation than holding a book in my hands. And Mm -hmm. one of my mentors taught me that we should always be reading two books, especially if you're an entrepreneur, one for your business and one for you. And is that something that you do? And would you share maybe two books that you feel have really assisted you in your personal growth as well as your professional skills as a coach? Sure. Right. No, I have probably more than two books on my nightstand that I read right now, but Right now I am doing, I am reading Thank and Grow Rich by Pam Grout. Are you familiar with that one? I have, someone had just recommended that to me. Can you say it again for the listeners and her name? Oh, yeah. Yes, Thank and Grow Rich. And it's a 30-day experiment in shameless gratitude and unabashed joy. And her name is Pam Grout, G-R-O-U-T. And I just started that in this pretty interesting it's about how different energetic frequencies of our thoughts and how abundance love and peace are always there for us if we're if we're open to them and how it's really about shifting into gratitude so when you can shift into a space of gratitude instead of scarcity and lack how everything changes for you so that's really it's really cool so i recommend that it's a different it's a different way of thinking about things and then the other one that I'm doing is, well, I'm doing a Bible study right now, and it's called A Woman Who Doesn't Quit, and that's really cool. So if you have any people who are interested in doing some spiritual development, and it's, so that's a really good one. It's all about how pers- you know perseverance is really important for us. And as far as I would say business, the book that I'm reading is Jack Canfield, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And that's, I love that because it's, he gives you lots of different strategies. And so as a coach, I'm always looking for new ways to, you know, um, get my clients to get experiences, to open up, because as we know, everybody learns a little bit differently and everybody has a different way of showing up. So we have, So I like to have lots of different tools in my tool belt so I can have them and he gives you a lot of different things to consider and to look at. Those are the three that I have right now that I'm really engaged in. I really enjoyed Jack Canfield's book. I read that many years ago and I love the name that Pam Grout gave to her, her book because it makes me think of the Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. 
And I love the premise of thank and grow rich because you know, I'm such a gratitude promoter and junkie every right. day. And, and what, what do you do for daily gratitude? What is your, what is your daily regime and, and what are some of the tips or strategies that you help incorporate into your coaching practice for your clients around gratitude? Right. Um, definitely. Gratitude is so important because when you're, when you're in the mindset of gratitude, it's shifting you from, you know, all the doom and gloom to the good that happened. So when we can shift our mind and our brain to focusing on the good, it, it definitely changes things for us. What I encourage my clients to do is have a mindset practice to, and writing down three things that they're grateful for every day is part of the mindset practice that, that they do. Another thing is really writing down, uh, what I like to do is writing down what limiting beliefs are coming up for me. So say, for example, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And then taking that limiting belief and changing it into an empowered belief. So that way then it's helping us to realize what's holding us back. Because we all have these thoughts, but if we don't get them out, they're still they're just going to keep spinning in our mind. So as we, we start to recognize them, then we can work with them. So having the awareness about what beliefs are there. So it's kind of – so the mindset practice is really about spending a few minutes every day to look at your limiting beliefs, what's the new empowered beliefs, and what are some things to be grateful for. And then, you know, you can journal other things as needed to really help Kind, for me, it's so helpful for writing because it's such a release because I'm such a creative brain. Most of my clients are very creative. They're high-level thinkers. They're very emotional, and they have a lot going on, but they don't know how to process it all. So as, as I'm writing and teaching people to write these things out, it's a way to help process some of this for yourself. No, and that that's a really good analogy. And I always share uh, a quote by... Albert Einstein, when I give one of my keynotes, and, and he says, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I loved how you talked about, you know, how we think about uh, the difficulties we have. And it's just a different sequence of thoughts. And it's our thoughts are, are very powerful and they can either take us down the right road or they can take us down a road of negativity and, and the unfortunate event of, of playing that victim. And I, I say that with respect, but I know a lot right. of people no, struggle. And I find with they my coaching clients, they sometimes the questions are complicated and then I'm able to reciprocate just and I know that you do the same with answers that are simple. And I think sometimes people can't see the forest for the trees, mm-hmm. which is why they need a coach. And mm-hmm. I just think that coaching is, it's, uh, it's a privilege and an honor because we're able to, with being high level thinkers and being creative, I think that it allows us to move people forward. And, and I know we both believe and, and run our coaching practice with faith. And I think if we can right. use, if we can use our faith to the goodness of our clients and, and all that we do, then we're certainly going to take away and eliminate the doubt, which usually on the other side of the for me is, is usually where doubt sits. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Absolutely. What what are some goals that you've set for yourself for 2017 that you uh, you'd like to see done, and and when do you 
things get women on the go back back uh back coming and off the back burner right yes so we need we do need to get soul women off the on the go back and that would be so amazing uh, for me a goal is to one of the goals is to be a TED talk speaker and I recently submitted an application to do that so I'm so excited about that so that's really fun for me um, I, and I want to write a book, my own book, at some point. I'm still sitting with, you know, there's lots of topics that bubble up, so I'm waiting to feel the right intu- intuitive nudge on what is the right path for me. But I think I'm getting more clarity as, as I, you know, as we continue to work with our clients and we continue to grow our own selves, we, we can, we, these things kind of shake themselves out. So um, that's something that, and then personally, I just want to um, really, you know, kind of like your journey, too, is like with, with health and fitness. I mean, that's, as I get older, I'm realizing that that's where it, that's the, the hidden gem of what we really can control for ourselves a lot so much. And so just taking more accountability in my health and fitness routine and running more and doing, I mean, my kids and I just did some boxing. It was really fun. And so just trying different things because if it's not fun for me, I'm not going to follow through because fun is a really core value for me. So I have to really keep that in mind. And so it's kind of a way that I check in and like if, if I'm enjoying it and having fun and I'm lighting up and this is going to work for me. And so it's learning, learning a little bit more about myself each and every day. I, I am going to give you some coaching around the fitness. I'm going to be cheeky here. Okay. And I and I have the same core value. I like to have fun, but I can honestly tell you cuz it's it'll be 2 years for me in October. I've had the most growth when I've been the most uncomfortable. When I didn't want to do that chin up, when I didn't want to try the extra weight. I didn't I didn't want to run cuz I was afraid my knee was going to hurt. And when I changed my thought process back to mm-hmm. where my journey began, I, I looked in the mirror and laughed at myself. And I thought, why are you even putting up a barrier for this? Like you can do this. And right. I, I, just, I just, you know, it's like yoga. I've always liked yoga. But a year ago, I spoke at, at a large fitness conference here in Canada called CanFit Pro. And it's actually uh, the fitness body that is the largest in the world. And I had two breakout sessions and I was so scared because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting in shape, but I'm not in shape yet. And who am I? And, you know, it's interesting right. when, we, when we put ourselves in these situations because I got up on that stage and I remember saying to Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, I felt like somebody plugged me in and away I went. And, but I had all that, all that nervous energy and silliness before, and I left there and I've been ruminating for a year. I always knew that I wanted to teach fitness, but I didn't know what element. So I went to a yoga retreat on the weekend and it's, it's Uh a different yoga called Qigong and I really loved it. And that was my aha moment. So I'm now signed up again out of my fear circle. For a year-long yoga training, teacher training. So by next summer, I will be probably the end of, so by next fall, I will be um, a certified yoga teacher. 
Yay, good for you. That's awesome. I love that. But if you had have asked me that a year ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about, Jen? I'm not even thinking about that. But it's, it's right. just, I'm more mentioning it because it's as we keep going in something and being that lifelong learner and enjoying, you know, the core value of having fun, but always being mindful on the other side of that, that you still have to push yourself and try things that you think, oh, I'm not going to be good at this or, oh, I don't really know, I'm a bit lenient to try. You are going to find your greatness when you are the most uncomfortable. Right. No, I love that reminder. Thank you. And I'm proud of you. That's amazing. Yes, and I'm and I am proud of me. And I think you have to I think as a coach, you know, it's going back to where we're coming full circle with our interview because mm-hmm. you and I are on the same paradigm, the same wavelength. Authenticity is very important. So when people say to me, Do you really have work life balance? I do. I live it, I breathe it, I preach it, I show it on my social media. And then if I'm having a bad day or I'm tired or something's not ebbing, I will blog about it because Mm -hmm. no one lives a life of perfection. We live a life of balance and progression. And I think as a coach, we have to be authentic and show people I have all the same feelings that you have. I'm sure we could compare lots of stories of motherhood and being a wife and being a woman of faith. And we all have those elements of fear, but like you talk about in your chapter, we don't have to succumb to them. We have to realize Mm -hmm. that it's a negative thought and we just need to file that somewhere else in our mind and carry on with our greatness. Right. Right. Because it'll stop us each time. It will stop us if we allow it to. And And I just, I I feel, yeah. Uh, You thank those thoughts for coming because there's always going to be that little bit of negative or the test that needs to come before you step into that next, that next rung Mm -hmm. on the ladder to bring you to the next level of greatness. And I, I'm a big, big believer in that. Me too. I, I see it as for me, I feel that I am going up step on a staircase like a spiral staircase and it's kind of like going up a few and then I can tell, okay, I'm going down one, but that's okay. Cause something's shifting, something's changing and I can feel it in my body when I am moving up and growing, which is really, it's really cool. It's very cool. So I'm, I'm saying on live radio now that you now have it, you have it authentically recorded. I do want to reignite soul women on the go and there's lots of reasons that it didn't happen, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And that's kind of where I want to bring our interview kind of towards the end is sometimes we can have these great ideas. And I find in my coaching clients, if something they work on doesn't come to fruition, it doesn't mean that it's closed. It just means that we're not closing the door. We're just putting it on the shelf for a little while because sometimes it's unknown why our intuition or our gut is saying it's a great idea, but it's not the right time. And I think it's really important to listen to that. And I know that soul women on the go is going to happen. And I know it's going to be with you and Anita and Sally and Charlene and everybody has different things going on in our lives right now. And it's so interesting because we thought it was the right time, but it actually isn't the right time. 
but right. it's on so our list. Just a, it's a pause. Yeah, I just kind of think of it. I feel it's a pause. It's just like holding space to see what's happening and let it let it evolve as needed. It's like a good chicken recipe or a good stew in the crock pot. We're just right. we're just letting just letting all those energies come together, and there's going to be more creativity, more innovativeness, more great ideas. And we've all Absolutely. sat for a little bit and ruminated on it, which I think is going to make it even greater. Absolutely, no, I do too, and I'm, I I can't wait because it's going to be so amazing. We're it's just going to be. The, the amount of energy and the value that we're going to provide for these people who come to the women that come to that day when we get it together is going to be amazing. Well, I fully agree. And Jen, I just, I always enjoy our conversations because I love your positive, optimistic energy. I love your outlook on things and you always see, you know, the silver lining in the clouds and, I can see why you're a busy coach and I see the the love and joy in your group photos after you do your workshops and it always reminds me of the ladies that go to the paint night when I look at mm-hmm. your vision uh, workshops when all the ladies are standing with their Bristol boards and all their <laughs> pictures and words yeah. that they've written because there's a proudness like you've just rolled maps your future and you help them. You were a non-ramp to that vehicle to help get to that point. So I think you should be proud of yourself. And, and I wish you all the best with your continued workshops and seminars. And, and, and much like I say to Anita Eggersbrook, I know when we meet, there's going to be waterworks because we already know yes. each other so well. It's just the physical sense of meeting and hugging and, you know, finally, right. oh, so I just want to yes. continue success for you, Jen. And thank you for joining me on the Changebook Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I love you to death, Deb. And I know that you have big things planned for you. So I'm here to support you. And I am, you know, really happy that you had me on today because it's so fun connecting. And, yeah, just bringing this energy to all the change authors and everybody who listens. Just know that you can do anything and anything's possible for you. So go out there and do it. Absolutely. Well, you take care and we will talk soon. And thanks again, Jen. Okay. Thanks, Deb. Bye. Bye. Just a wonderful interview with Jennifer Bielschmidt and she is in book number 10 and her chapter is called The Power Within. She will be one of the dynamite ladies and co-authors from the Changebook community that I will definitely be co-authoring maybe a future book. I know we'll be collaborating. I just find such energy with her, and I love her energy, and I love the way she talks to people and how she frames different things. So kudos to you, Jen. You keep up the good work. So next week will be May the 3rd. I can't believe it. We're in May already, and I'm excited to meet and interview Amy Slatter from book number 14. And I just want to share with you something that uh, has been happening to me. We've been talking about being a quiet leader and manifesting. And I've been working on a relationship with some different people in the fitness industry. And today I got home and there was a beautiful box from Reebok Canada. And one of their managers 
uh, was given a copy of my before and after picture for my fitness journey and the fitness story that I had written. And she just found it inspirational and wanted to send me some new fitness gear to celebrate my achievements. And I just had an overwhelming fear, feeling of joy and tears in my eyes because it's so nice to be validated by those in an industry that you're new to and you're working hard to. But at the end of the day, it's all about me manifesting and believing in myself and having that self-care and that self-love to work out every day. And that's something that I hope all of you find in your life or continue to do because it's very, very important. I also want to remind our listeners that we are on the iTunes platform. So if you're listening to our live broadcast every week, or if you listen to us when you have a moment, I would love for you to subscribe to our show on the iTunes platform and give us a review. The more reviews we have, the more we will move up the ranks in the self-help category. So I am going to sign off on April the 26th, 2017. This is Deb Crow from the Changebook Radio Show. Thank you for spending time with me, and I'll be back here next Wednesday, May the 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern. Take care, everybody, and enjoy this beautiful spring weather.